All right, Scott Ritchie. It's June 26, and Illinois has a scholarship open once again. Who and when? It might not be anybody, ever. Like, Brad Underwood could keep that last scholarship open. I mean, there's really two paths he could follow. To either add a portal point guard who would be the backup to the backup, maybe to the backup option, or just let Ty Rogers be the point guard and see what that brings this coming season. But it could just be 12 guys. That's Scott Ritchie. He's our basketball beat writer. He's full of information. This week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Ah, good Monday morning again. Finally, we're back. Inside Illini Basketball, as many of you know, took a week off last week. But thank goodness Scott Ritchie has returned full of vigor, ready to roll. And better yet, he's he's checking in from the beautiful city of Eureka. Scott, how did you how did you get the one payphone all to yourself? <laughs> uh trying to think where there might be a payphone still in Eureka. There was one in the middle school about 25 years ago that I would use on occasion. Um, no, they, there's cellular service Okay. in Eureka. Well, we're, we're glad to have you back. Uh, glad to have you back on the beat. I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News. I'm har- partly to blame for last week's omission because I was traveling the country with my family reading a lot about the NBA draft. I happened to watch the NBA draft and was not happy. Uh, not only did the production of the draft seemed off, but uh, the players picked uh, just didn't interest me. Scott Ritchie, help me out. Tell me the NBA draft is going to get better in the coming years. I mean, I wish I could say that, but like, I stopped watching two-thirds of the way through the first round just because the TV product was so terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just was not a fun watch. Um, and the players, like, there are some fun players. You think? Drafted. I mean, Victor Wimbanyama is exciting. Okay. Um, don't know him. He's you know, from, uh, from France. He's from don't, France. I don't care. Uh, I think, you know, Scoot Henderson could be really interesting, you know, as a, a young player in the NBA. I mean, if you look at the the top of the draft, though, there was a lot of guys that didn't play college basketball. Um, so that was kind of maybe a trend for this year. Uh, next year could be similar at the top of the draft, but you know, guys like Anthony Black from Arkansas, um, Jarris Walker from Houston, like there was you know, some college guys there you know, after. I mean, Brandon Miller, obviously, but 
from Alabama, but it was, I think, a deep draft in that you could get some talent late in the first round into the second round, but maybe light on, like, future potential stars. Yeah, whatever. I did, I didn't, what I'm saying, Scott Ritchie, I didn't like it, all right? Um, yeah. something, something is not working with the NBA draft for me, and not just because all my college stars are not getting picked. How can Drew Timmy not get picked? Come on. How can the Kentucky guy not get picked? I mean, how could Kofi Coburn not get picked? I mean, the, the league has changed, and those guys are obviously very talented basketball players, but in their own way, which is not necessarily the NBA way. Um, essentially, if you can't shoot, and talking like from three-point range, there's really not a spot in the NBA for you. I mean, there's a, obviously some players who go against that in the league right now, but that's what opens the door, and that's what opened the door for Brandon Pajemski. Uh, who? There's been some, yeah. That's, that's funny um, that you don't remember him. Seems like a lot of Illinois fans do. Uh, spent a, not even a full year in Champaign. Uh, didn't really play. Went to Santa Clara, became a first-round pick. To the Warriors, no less, where he'll get to team up with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Um, Illinois fans, I've had a few reach out to me. They've, they've had some thoughts on Brandon Pajemski, mostly like the question being like, how could Brad Underwood ever let him go? Well, you were on the beat for his one year at Illinois, his one uh, lightly used Illinois. What what went wrong? Why did he bolt? Well, because he didn't play. And if you look back at the 2021-2022 season, that was, you know, really old. Illinois team, Trent Frazier in a fifth year, DeMonte Williams in a fifth year, Alfonso Plummer in a fifth year, Kofi Coburn, the central figure of that season, not in a fifth year, but an All-American, you know, Jacob Grandison in a fifth year, um, and Underwood leaned heavily on veteran players and Illinois won a Big Ten title. Um, so it wasn't an unsuccessful season by any stretch of the imagination, but Brandon Pajemski just didn't have much of a role in a pretty old backcourt. Um, then he got recruited over that spring. Um, you know, Illinois brought in Jaden Epps, Cynthia Harris, made a late move for Sky Clark, uh, and Brandon Brzezinski decided that he wasn't going to play. And, you know, he's on the record elsewhere um, saying that, you know, Brad Underwood told him that he couldn't play. Um, so we went to Santa Clara where he became like the number one option and turned that into being a first round pick because he you know, put up really good numbers, almost nine, almost 20 points a game, eight, almost nine rebounds, almost four assists per game, shot 44% from three. Um, he also took nearly a quarter of Santa Clara's shots for the season, 460 total. That's 100 more than Terrence Shannon took at Illinois, who, another player, you know, Brian Pajinski, was, was recruited over. Um, 
Matthew Meyer took 327 and Coleman Hawkins took 279. Like, he wouldn't have gotten those shots at Illinois if he had stayed. All right, good for him. So, I mean, he okay. went somewhere where he could have the role he wanted, and he showed that he had NBA talent. And he showed that again, I think, on the combine. That's where he really sort of solidified his place in the first round. Um, played in the first day of the 5-on-5 and just kind of did his thing and looked like he belonged on the court. So it's either A, you know, maybe high school recruits should maybe think more about where they're going in terms of, you know, going to a place where they can be the kind of player they are, have an opportunity, and maybe don't get caught up in the, oh, it's, Santa Clara, and it's not you know the Big Ten, SEC, whatever. Or B, Brad Underwood missed on the eval, and maybe should have kept. I mean, I mean hindsight being what it is, I don't don't know that he puts up you know those that kind of those kind of numbers you know, at Illinois that he did at Santa, Santa Clara, but the talent was clearly there. That you know Brad Underwood missed on that eval, and you thought that. He had something better coming in with Epps and Harris and Clark and Terrence Shannon and went that direction. And I mean, it wasn't an unsuccessful season for Illinois. I mean, they made the tournament again, didn't make it past the first round. But yeah, it's a, it looks bad in hindsight, just given mm-hmm. you know, Brandon Pajinski played 69 minutes in his Illinois career. And then wound up a first round pick. Did you? The, uh, the, we speak of Underwood's eval. How about Richie's eval? Did you think he'd be this good? First round pick? Um, probably not. I mean, he obviously put up huge numbers in high school, um, but I don't think he was playing at like the highest classification in Wisconsin. But I just didn't really get a chance to see him in less than a year at Illinois. I mean, like, he played in 16 games, and not very often when he did. He had two, I think, you know, performances that stood out above the rest, and he played well in bragging rights against Missouri, played well at Northwestern, but, you know, kind of just tiny flashes of potential, but it just I didn't see him enough. It's like it's not like we're invited to practice where maybe I would have gotten eyes on him and seen more. Um, so I think my evaluation was incomplete during his brief stay in Champaign. But um, I think you know after he started putting up huge numbers at Santa Clara, like certainly drew more attention. But it wasn't really until sort of after the season, definitely after the combine that sort of became this real idea is like okay he's gonna go somewhere probably you know late in the first round maybe early second round and he made the most of his move and i guess that's the that's the upside of the transfer portal for the players it's mm-hmm. like you can find a better situation all right maybe that's not an upside for illinois but scott reggie checking in from beautiful eureka for this week's inside illini basketball podcast uh again we apologize for the one week interruption it won't happen again we have Richie doing push-ups and sit-ups as punishment. I've been asked to run around the building five times uh, every day for the next week. Ed Bond is beside himself. 
the the Lou Gehrig, the Cal Ripken Jr. of of studio work, is upset that his streak was broken. And uh, he, uh, I'll I'll be honest here, Scotty blames you. <laughs> Somehow I'm not surprised that you would say that. Uh, do you sense enough? Uh, this pods talk, right? Uh, the Warriors, the reaction uh, was not entirely positive that they drafted him. I would argue, but uh, whatever, right? Are any, if you're an Illinois fan, are you are you rooting for this kid? Are you happy? Do you count him as a first round pick for your program? That's my last question um, about him. I mean, I think the fans, just the sense that I've gotten from people, they have either emailed or sent tweets, whatever. It's like that they're pretty happy for him. They're more upset that Underwood, Illinois, ever let him get away. I mean, that's can't really get over that point. Um, yeah, I don't think Illinois will claim him. Um, okay. I mean, they, there have been so few NBA players that they might uh, because they're sort of sharing the claim with you know, Kendrick Nunn with Oakland. Uh, we'll play for that, actually, this coming season. I think, you know, Illinois Oakland play early in the year, and whoever wins, I think, gets to claim Kendrick Nunn again. You know, Call the Aussie Story Award. Um, you know, so many. <laughs> we we talk about the, the dearth of draft picks, uh, and uh, so many of them seem to have kids who've moved on from Illinois and then have reached it somehow. Very few players transfer down and make the NBA uh, at that level. Uh, he certainly breaks that mold. Here's my question to you, Scott Rich. I've asked you this before, basically every year. When's the doggone next first-round pick from Illinois, from Illinois, going to happen? Actually played at Illinois. Actually finished his college career at Illinois. Who is that next first-round draft pick? To the NBA directly. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Ty Rogers, it maybe. Could be next- I mean, it could be the next NBA, the 2024 NBA draft. Um, where are you, you, where are you seeing Coleman team, Hawkins? Where are you seeing? Uh... That's, that's who it would be, I think. Because um, there's enough interest in sort of the idea of what Coleman Hawkins is as a, as a player that if he – comes through on that, kind of follows through on all that potential, you know, this, you know, coming back to Illinois that, you know, he could be, you know, a potential first round pick. I'm looking at the 20, because there's mock drafts for 2024 already, obviously. I'm looking at the one from ESPN, Jonathan Gavoni and Jeremy Wu, two guys that I think are pretty dialed in when it comes to this kind of stuff, and there's not an Illinois player projected in the first round. Um, in fact, as I keep scrolling, there's not an Illinois player at all, so I'm not sure where Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins have gone in this whole process. That's a little surprising. Um, but if it's not one of those guys, you know, maybe Ty Rogers, um, as the way the roster breaks down right now, I think this coming season could be an awful lot of point tie because um, there there's no point guard on the roster with experience. Um, 
Nico Moretti is like the only like pure point guard on the roster, and he didn't make it to Champagne until you know, January. Uh, redshirted this past the second half, I guess, roughly of the season. Um, so he's, he doesn't have any experience at what the you, college level. What are you hearing about him, uh, Scott Ritchie? Just from your your sources and from your insiders, can the kid play? Well, I mean, I think there's. You know, I mean, some good feelings about what he could bring. I mean, he, his older brother, you know, played at Texas Tech, helped them you know, make that really deep NCAA tournament run. Well, it's been a few years now, but, um, you know, lefty, you know, has international experience, you know, played for the Italian um, youth national team, I guess, the, what, U18 team, you know, last summer. Good facilitator, distributor. Has a nice-looking jump shot. Like, it's a real, I mean, it has a smooth shooting stroke. I like what I've seen, very limited amount that I've seen of him from that standpoint. So it's just, I mean, it's just a smaller guard. Um, he's pretty slight when he you know, showed up, but he by the time this coming season started, he'll have had, like, 10 full months of the Adam Fletcher experience. So that's better than nothing, certainly. Um, but the whole idea this offseason was, you know, adding a veteran point guard. And Brad Underwood did not do that. Had Jeremiah Williams committed for uh, a short time, not quite a, I guess what, not quite a month, um, there's really no guarantee he was ever going to be eligible to play this year either from a health standpoint or from a getting a waiver standpoint, but Scott there's Rich- no veteran point guard on the roster. Why are you panicking? It's only June 26th. There's people still well, entering the portal. There are people still entering the portal. Um, in fact, there's a point guard that entered the portal just this weekend, uh, Javon Quinterly from Alabama. So I mean, at this point, I don't know, I, have to, I think I have to look at every point guard in the portal if that's the path that Brad Underwood still wants to go. Quinterly would be an option. I mean, he was, you know, really highly ranked recruit coming out of high school, you know, spent one season at Villanova playing for Jay Wright. That didn't really work, obviously, because he left Villanova, which not a lot of players are dead during the Jay Wright era, transferred to Alabama, um, and transferred before you know, the one time long ago enough that he had to sit out a year. That was not the one time transfer rule in place. Um, played pretty well. I guess with three seasons in Alabama, but you know, fell out of the starting lineup this past year. It was his least productive of the three with the Crimson Tide. Um, kind of a streaky shooter. That sh- you know, shot. 43% in his first from three-point range in his first season in Alabama, which Allen, I think, like four, a little over four attempts per game, then shot 18% from three the next year or so on you know, roughly the same number of attempts. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It, it's an option. It's a guy that's played point guard at the high major level. Um, that's what Underwood still wants. There are not that many of those kind of guys available. Uh, there's a lot of point guards in the portal. There's a lot of players in the portal in general that don't have a landing spot, but like to 
play in the Big Ten, that number is really small. One, our one and only legend in the newsroom, not discounting you, Scott Ritchie, of course, Lauren Tate brought up an interesting point in the Sunday print edition column saying, hey, we're to the point where these guys could go to, where are they going, Spain this summer, right, for their yeah. trip and uh, kind of see the writing on the wall and then leave after the trip to Spain. <laughs> That's where we're at. How crazy um, is that, Richie? Is that true? You think? Uh, well, it it could only be guys that have graduated that could do that because those are the only ones that can enter the portal now and still be eligible to play this coming season. I guess they could, I mean, if it wasn't a graduate, they could enter the portal and just say, I don't need to play basketball. I can all redshirt this year, but that would be a surprise. Um, I don't see that happening for Illinois necessarily, but like there are going to be a lot of teams that are, you're making these foreign tours that get 10 like actual practices this summer where they'll get a good idea of where they stand. Maybe a better idea than you know, during the spring where players are leaving, players are, you know, transfers haven't made it yet. So it's small workouts. There's not any really good concept of what the team will be. And they'll have that by the end of July, and if they've graduated, maybe they don't like it and they, they transfer. That, like, it's not off the table, which I'm sure college coaches are thrilled about. But I don't, I don't think Illinois will have that, have that issue. Maybe this is why Ed Bond, Richie always gave me the sideways look when I asked him to do his Big Ten power poll back in April. Remember his complaints? Oh, we don't know what the roster is going to look like. Blah, blah, blah. But maybe he was right. I'm none glad the, this is being recorded for none, posterity. Nonetheless, I can't wait to see this Sunday's Power Poll uh, in the updates uh, that have taken place in the Big Ten that continue to take place in the Big Ten. Uh, back to the draft real quick. number of players got picked. Um, kind of surprising to me. Those Michigan guys going so high after such a dismal college effort. Uh, I mean, just to think that Michigan had two first-round picks and Hunter Dickinson mm-hmm. and didn't make the NIT. Right. Quite well, the team there. Ohio State star getting in there, to the Indiana center, second-to-last pick. He was not happy with that. Well, apparently his, his agent had started telling teams, like, don't pick him hmm. unless you're going to give him a roster spot, which apparently the, the Warriors did. Okay. Like, he got a guaranteed contract. He didn't want a two-way deal. Immediately, the Pacers would have drafted him. I read this in the um, Indianapolis Star, but it would have been a two-way deal. And Trace Jackson Davis's agent was like, "No, thank you." Hmm. That's where we're at. The draft portal, we call that. I think. Uh, scanning the uh, 2024 NBA draft, the mock drafts. Uh, again, no Big Ten players really. Uh, Causing too much of a stir. Um, at least you know the ESPN's latest, like the highest projected Big Ten player, um, is Khalil Ware, the <clears throat> Oregon transfer that's going to play at Indiana next year. You know, projected at number eleven. Uh, I don't. He's got to play significantly better than he did in his first season at right. Oregon. 
to, but he's a former five-star, like top six recruit in his class. So lots of potential, but that's, I think, maybe a stretch as things stand now. But, yeah, the first round does not look Big Ten heavy. Of course, if you were the, like a year ago at this time, would not have thought that Bryce Sensabaugh would be a first-round pick. Probably wouldn't have thought Kobe Bufkin or Jet Howard would be first-round picks. Jalen Hutchifino, maybe so. So, you know, things obviously can and will change quite a bit in the next year. But, yeah, a lot of talent out there. Just how much of it's coming to the Big Ten. All right, Scott Reggie, what's happening in Eureka? What's the big, what's the buzz around town? I don't know that there's ever a lot of buzz. Okay. Any road construction, any, any like gravel streets being paved over, things like that? No, the, the, there's been paved streets Have there? in the okay. 30 years or so that the Richies have called Eureka Home. B- business still bussing at, at Huck's? I mean, always. Yeah. That's, that'll never change. You just got to avoid that place at certain times. It's that popular. Scott Ritchie, uh, back on the beat, uh, talk to me about, I know you are always thinking about your AP Top 25 poll. We kind of elevated Illinois up to the uh, almost as high as the what the number five spot in the Big Ten, but now with the, the continued uncertainty, I thought there was always a, a chance of landing a, maybe a big-name Rutgers guy or, or Arizona transfer. Where does Illinois sit? nationally and in the Big Ten in your brilliant mind? I mean, nationally, I'd say probably outside the top 25 heading into the season. And, I mean, I think there could still make a case for Illinois being maybe third in the Big Ten behind Purdue and Michigan State. But, like, the group of, like, Indiana, Wisconsin, Maryland – Maybe Northwestern. I don't necessarily like that. I mean, there's not a lot of separation there. Ohio State, I think, and maybe Iowa you could put in that group as well. Um, Purdue and Michigan State have elevated themselves above everybody else. Illinois is kind of in the mess of the rest, I guess. Although there's some, like, way outside from now in the other direction. Talk uh, high school hoops with me a little bit, uh, Mr. Ritchie. I know your eyes are always on, on that, what's been happening around the state, a lot of shootouts and such. What uh, what stars are are catching Coach Underwood's eyes? Yeah, well, June's the month where you know players kind of go back to their high school teams and you know play with them, yeah, kind of a break in the – the AAU schedule, um, Riverside Brookfield shootout, kind of always been the big one in Illinois. That was a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, another one was in Romeoville. Um, as far as in-state targets, uh, only one new one, um, Jason Jackstis from Yorkville. Uh, he was on Illinois' radar um, earlier in the year, actually took uh, unofficial visits in early January, um, but just got an offer, you know, last week, um, 610 forward, uh, put up 11.5 points, eight 
rebounds per game last year for Yorkville. Uh, successful team, won 26 games. Um, I think is showing a little more like stretch four, stretch five capabilities. You know, you know knocking down some threes this summer. Uh, but you know, his offer, one of many, you know, in the last few weeks. And if you go back, really, kind of the start of spring, you know, from April to now, Illinois has offered um, almost 40 high school prospects split you know, between the 2024, 25, and 26 classes. More 2025, 2026. Um, so you know, high school recruits are still you know, part of Illinois' plan. You know, when I talked with Brad Underwood recently, you know, he, he reiterated that. You know, he wants to try and build you know, with high school recruits, but obviously you know, we'll add you know, transfers to the mix, but you know, he's showing that you know, they're not going to back away from high school recruiting and kind of the cast a wide net approach uh, seems to be the, the plan now. And, you know, whether they get them now or are recruiting them again later when, you know, some of these guys inevitably end up in the transfer portal, like the relationships built you know, the spring and summer will maybe pay off you know, in a couple of years or like three or four. So it's uh, just kind of an ongoing process. Happy 39th birthday to the one and only Darren Williams. That's from Mike Pearson, our Illini Legends Listen lore correspondent. Hope you get a chance to read his stuff in every Sunday's News Gazette. Uh, down to, uh, before I let you go, got a scholarship opening, right, according to my math. Uh, yeah. Is that going to be filled? When? Who? Um, I mean, I think if is the the big question, and if it is, it'll be a point guard. But I mean, the way things have trended, you know, with Illinois really not pursuing veteran point guards very hard early in the portal process, and going all in on Ray J. Dennis, which didn't work, um, and all those other guys picked a place like. If they add a portal point guard, like that's the backup to the backup option. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that's not the path. Maybe it is point tie and just go without a veteran point guard for another season and hope it works out better than it did last year. Um, but I would not be surprised to see Illinois maybe hold on to that. 13th scholarship because again like it's hard to keep 10 players happy let alone 13 so we'll see I mean I've looked through the transfer portal I outside of like maybe Javon Quinterly now um, Paul Mulcahy still hasn't committed anywhere but it seems like there are other teams that have taken priority in his transfer recruitment like there's just not great options and if I don't see great options and maybe, you know, my coaches, I mean, they know more. They could see something I don't, but I think it's pretty clear, like, the best point guard options are long past available. So it could just be a run with what they've got. All right, great hearing from um, Scott Ritchie. Welcome back. 
Uh, looking forward to your continued beat coverage moving forward. I uh, hope you're enjoying working on your tan in your Eureka. Um, I know that's uh, near and dear to your heart. That and attending Taylor Swift concert. That's it's a big summer for you, Scott. Uh, yeah, again, not a Swifty, but I'm sure she puts on a great show. All right, Scott Ritchie, uh, every morning, 6 a.m., uh, good morning, Illini Nation. Check it out. It's unique online-only content, and uh, looking forward to seeing what you bring this week. Scotty, great talking to you. We'll see you next Monday.